Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is the Rose and Shine podcast featuring the Swedish sisters Josephine Roos and Victoria Roos-Solson. Based in Stockholm and New York, we share experiences from our international lives and careers. Good morning, this is Victoria speaking. And good morning, this is Josephine. So we are finally getting into the fall again. I love that feeling. And uh, we thought this episode would be a really good preparation for all your important meetings and presentations coming up. Exactly. We always get us inspired when we come back to the fall and, and uh, yeah, getting into it again. So we love uh, holding presentations and therefore we wanted to dig a little bit deeper into it. Yeah. So this is going to be sort of a mini tips and tricks. I mean, Josephine, you've held presentations across the globe for like thousands of times <laughs> and you really do enjoy it. I really enjoy presentations. Probably if you, you know, look at one of those skills like, oh, okay, I think I'm okay at that. It's it's presentations um, because I think I put a lot of effort into it. And I guess that's what we're going to dig into. But you're a real professional in presentations in terms of, you teach others in, in how to do this in many ways. Yeah, well, and that's maybe a good point to say when, when I do teach others or, or coach others in this, it's usually something that I spend like days, maybe two to three days with. So this is a, a short episode, of course, but hopefully it will give a little bit of insights and tips and tricks of what to think of before holding that important presentation or training session. Yeah, so the goal, I think, is to provide a, a taste of, yeah. of this and, uh, yeah, make anyone who's now getting into the fall and loads of presentations to feel a little bit extra inspired to make really good presentations. Yeah, so we've kind of created our own formula with best things to consider. And I think we'll have to prepare a little pep sheet for everyone yeah. to download with, with all of this, which you can find on our homepage on bruceandshine.com mm -hmm. but before we go there Josephine do you I mean you say you really enjoy holding presentations but do you have any nightmare moments <laughs> from... yeah I don't always uh, love holding <laughs> presentations no no I don't know if I really I think when you make good presentations it's often because you know the topic quite well mm -hmm. and you prepare and so on and we'll dig into these different elements I remember so well, Steve and I was holding a presentation in South Africa on a mm -hmm. topic that we knew really well in terms of it was... It Steve, was your husband. Steve, my husband, yeah. yeah. And we worked a lot earlier on in our career. Together, it, yeah. Yeah, and oh, I feel like it's maybe going to 
come out pitting him poorly this presentation but or this <laughs> this story but it's the truth from my perspective so we had prepared we'd been in south sudan we had studied this conflict so i knew it very well but for some reason i had left it to him to um he kind of wrote the presentation mm-hmm. and he's of course a native english speaker and so he wrote it and i was standing there trying to deliver it using all of his words ah so I was trying to stand there to say and, and use the terms that I didn't really know that well. Yeah. <laughs> I was just getting, you know, blocked in my head, kind of panic. Yeah. And I see the audience and, I, you know, you start to get that pulse rising. And I start to see him like doing his hands, like speed it up. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, ah, it was just, ah, it was awful. So that can happen. Yeah. Good insight already. You know, use your own words that you feel comfortable with when you're going to do a presentation. Exactly. Don't go fancier than, than maybe you uh, you can or, or want to at the time. You make it your own. But what about you? I'm sure you've had something as well. Or no? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've had plenty. <laughs> but one thing that immediately comes to mind was when I was quite new in my job in Brussels. So this mm-hmm. is, I mean, goodness, it's over 20 years ago, and I was holding my first training manager role. And uh, in Brussels, of course, the language, well, the corporate language was kind of English. This was at the Hilton. But French was commonly spoken, and then everyone or a lot of people also spoke Flemish or Dutch. Mm. And all this has to do with, so I was going to hold my very first presentation, kind of presenting after having been on the job for a month, you know, my insights and plans and visions for the entire management team. So I'd prepared and it was quite important. And there was, I think this is in combination with a little bit of politics between the most senior leaders at this hotel at this time. So anyway, the leader that I was reporting into, he couldn't join this uh, very meeting and he was an Englishman. So when I was there right in front of the audience and I'm starting to hold my presentation in English, all prepared in English, the other senior leader who was French yeah. saying, mais non, Victoria, on fait ça en français. You know, <laughs> this is going to be French. Yeah. And, you know, I did speak French, otherwise I wouldn't have been there, yeah. but it wasn't my preference and I had prepared everything in, in English yeah. and that was kind of a nightmare. Mm. And I, you know... Everyone in there spoke better French than I did. And I was just going to, ah, awful. So, yeah, I can really see that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I guess that's another insight, you know, know your audience before you go in and also set up the boundaries for your presentation. So setting the boundary, you meant that you should have maybe said it's prepared in English. It will be a better presentation. Or I'm not taking it so serious that my French was faulting, but made a combination or mm. something like that. So let's dig into the the formula then of yeah. what we have and what we've created them. Yeah. So basically we've chosen what we think are the most important things for you to consider. And the very first thing is begin with the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, and create the structure to follow. So what does that mean, begin with the end? Yeah. I mean, it seems natural, perhaps, uh, but really ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I holding this presentation? And ask yourself also when when the participants, whether it's a group of 10 managers in your room or 100 or whatever it is, when they leave this 
presentation, when they leave this, what will they know? Mm. What will they feel? What will they think? You know, what will, how will their energy be like? So take a moment before you even start designing what it is that you're going to say to really think about that end in mind. Okay. Well, so that's interesting because when, when you said this first, I was more thinking the end in mind in terms of of learning. So kind of repeating what they're going to to learn. And okay, these are my key, say three key takeaways of the presentation. Yeah. But also it's a little bit about how do I want them to feel and what kind of energy do I want mm-hmm. them to leave with? Yeah. That's a good. Uh... So for sure, learning is super important that it's there. I mean, it's the key. But if you only state that for yourself, there's a risk that your presentation becomes much too theoretical or static. And so make that end in mind a little bit more holistic than just these are the learning points. Super. And from there, you create the structure. And the structure, you know, there are many, many different models out there. But very simple, it's just like they do it in the newsroom. You know, you you say what you're going to say, then you say it, and then you say what you said. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you, you do an introduction, then you go through it, and then you close it. And then you really repeat to the audience what you think or hope that they should have taken away with them from this presentation. Exactly. Yeah. Sort of like a, a quick on, on each of these three parts. I think the introduction could possibly be the most important part of of the entire presentation Mm. because today there's so many things going on in people's minds so when they enter you know your room or when it's your turn to take over the presentation you're competing not only with what's going on in the room but what's also going on in their mind like okay so who's gonna pick up my child at nursery or "Hmm, that conflict that I'm having with this other who am or I really need to respond to that email that just got so all of these things you're competing with when you're starting your presentation yeah so you know the, the very first thing you kind of need to do is like okay how am I gonna get their attention you know what what is it and and that could be like an icebreaker or something funny. Ideally, though, something, you know, relation to the topic. But now everyone is listening to you. Yeah. And once they listen to you, you want to also give them the why. Why should they now keep on listening to you? Mm. So you have their attention. And why should they now mentally put away all these other things going on in their head to be there with you for the next 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is that you have? And that's interesting because it's either, I mean, you sometimes train or a lot of the times train big groups of people mm-hmm. and you can kind of then be in charge of, of your audience. Yeah. Say, for example, I mean, we once trained together and you were giving the example of um, that you will be less focused or less enjoy the presentation if you have your mobile phone on the table, so yeah. to say, which could be a good advice if you're hold, leading a, a big group. But sometimes you're also holding presentations just for your colleagues or yeah. uh, that you have less of a possibility maybe to to steer in terms of what they should or should not be doing. Yeah, and that's a good point. And I, I do think, I mean, we can have hold effective meetings as another topic maybe for us. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think it's about also then creating that culture and say, hey, you know, we have 30 minutes. They are important to you because of this and this and that. And that's why you also need to be, in a sense, more attracting them to the topic. Okay. And I think when when a lot of people think about the why, why they're doing this, and when they're communicating it, they're seeing it from their own perspective. So you communicate why you think they should be listening. But try to turn it around and think about 
what's in it for them. Mm. So don't just say, hey, this is the learning point I want to get out. This is my objective, what I want to get. But think about what's in it for them and how can I best describe that. Mm. Very useful. So all of that needs to be in the introduction. You yourself need to have that end in mind so you know if things happen throughout the presentation that you stay on track. It's kind of your guiding light. So the introduction, and we'll come back to practice in a moment, it's also something that's really good that you you have it. You you set the scene and you feel super confident mm-hmm. on delivering that. The body. And yeah. then comes the body. And I think we'll actually, we'll just come back to that because that's all the things you're going to talk about and how you're going to talk about it. Okay. But then... A common mistake is that people don't leave enough time for doing the conclusion. Mm-hmm. But really, this is where you kind of nail the point. This is where you really help people to actually remember. This is your chance. What is it that they're going to go out and do differently or think differently about? So rather than if you, let's say you have 10 points on your agenda that you want to cover and you're competing now in time, you're running out, so you can pick, can I take point number nine and ten or shall I go to the conclusion I would say prioritize the conclusion at least they'll remember the eight points that you went through rather than taking nine and ten too and then actually having them only remember nine and ten and the conclusion would it be would it be right to just do the three point kind of takeaway or what would you make sure to include in a in a conclusion well usually and we'll come back to that uh, in a moment but Anyway, you shouldn't just be talking about it. You should let them consolidate it for themselves. So Mm -hmm. it could be reflection, talking, discussion, stopping for a moment, leave room for questions to to see what what it is. But definitely, yeah, make sure that you get the the key points there, what it is the most important that you want it. In a sense, it's kind of repeating what you said at the very start. So number one is begin with the end. Number two of our formula. It's not about you. It's about the audience. Yeah. And this is so, I mean, it sounds normal, but the fact is that I think there are lots of presenters and in particular those who really enjoy presenting. And I, in Franklin Covey, we use this word, we laugh about it. You know, you have the man with the guitar, mm-hmm. you know, the, the person who like, oh, I love to hold presentations and they want to make this show. Yeah. But that's not what this is about. You're not a rock star. You're actually here to convey a message or something that they you want them to learn or do differently. So that's kind of the starting idea mm-hmm. with this yeah so consider that and I, I think about how many applicants I've had throughout the years of people wanting to join the teams that I've been leading where they've like the first thing is when they say why they want to be a facilitator with this team and they're like yeah I love to be on stage <laughs> and then I'm like oh well maybe that's not the place for you actually I mean the stage possibly but not in presentations and facilitations necessarily okay yeah because you really need to yeah no and I I mean I experienced that a lot in terms of um having different types of audience in the same audience as well Mm -hmm. and then you really see how challenging it is not necessarily do I have the solution for it but I remember in in Myanmar when you I mixed a a present or I had no choice but it was 
a presentation that was targeted both at the local staff and the international donors that were coming in. And mm-hmm. I really, during that time, and still tried to have a really interactive workshop. So yeah. a little bit different from just presenting to people, but yeah. you know, having people up and moving and, and doing things. And oh, it was so difficult to combine these two groups. And I had so much experience working with with people from Myanmar that that felt so easy. But working with the donors that were mainly Swedish, I think I've talked about this before. Yeah, possibly. It created so much challenge and tension and and culture shock. So dealing with different audience, two different audiences in the same can, of course, be hard. Yeah. and And that's a very good point because that might happen. And then set yourself a strategy for how am I going to reach out to this group of the audience and how am I going to reach out to this group? Is there a way I can get them connected and and feel, Mm. you know, I sometimes I set the scene. For me, it could be sometimes that I have very senior leaders and very junior, junior leaders in the same group. Yeah. Acknowledge that and see, okay, what is it that we can do so that everyone can get the best learning experience out of this? Yeah. Yeah. And then to not be that kind of rock star on stage, but still, you know, feeling your audience. uh, How do we prepare in the best way? Do you have any things that you do? Yeah, I think, I mean, preparing just yourself. I think one thing to know is before you go on, on stage, if you're a little bit nervous, it's just to take that moment of mindfulness Mm. and actually take those deep breaths and I mean, really, the breathing techniques we've been talking about before, because we know that if our breath is pure, our voice is not going to be as effectful. We will not leave those pauses that we need when we present. We're just going to keep on blah, 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 which we don't want to do. So I think breathing is a super important technique to use before you go in. And then, of course, we have learned about power posing. Yeah. <laughs> You want to explain what that is? <laughs> yeah, so really it's it's some interesting research. You can probably Google TED Talk and, and power posting and you'll see some brilliant videos on this. But basically how standing for a few minutes with your, you know, taking a lot of space with your arms up in the air, ideally before you encounter the audience and in private. Yeah. <laughs> or it will <laughs> exactly. seem very strange. But then you come out with a different, um, you know, you actually fool your body in the sense saying that you are super confident and happy and, and that's, or happy, confident. And that sends the same signal to the audience. Yeah. Also before any interview or anything, that's a, that's a good um, technique. Yeah. I think the key is also, you know, when we say it's not about you, it's about your audience. It makes me remember another time also when I was holding one of my first managerial trainings. And actually, I was holding it for a group that were, you know, they were equally senior as I was or even more senior. And I was like, how can I, you know, do this? Will they really listen to me? And then I thought, well, actually, it's not about me. I, I've learned something. Uh, I have some skills here. And I think it was about time management, actually. So I'm just going to give them a chance to also take part of this material and to learn these things. And I'm going to do my very best. So it's not about me. Put yourself a little bit to the side and think about what it is that you want them to learn instead. Perfect. Next on on our formula list is attract all the senses. Yeah. Because we only remember 10% of all the words. Yeah. So this is 
so key. And a lot of people, when they think about holding a presentation, they're most concerned about what they're actually going to say. Mm. But first and foremost, people actually, they only, when they read you and try to understand the message, they actually just consider 8% of your words. They're looking at your body language and what you do. And another more, even more interesting fact is that there's been lots of studies on what do people actually remember from a presentation and how much do they know afterwards. Yeah. And there's been studies saying that if you use stand up, let's say for an hour and you talk nonstop talk, you know, you might use stories and things, but you're just talking. Do you know how much they will remember from that percentage wise? Well, I know this. Because you have taught me before. percent. <laughs> Very good. And people then think, okay, I add some PowerPoint slides, but that visual support only helps you to sort of enhance that figure to about 20%. Hmm. Yeah. So the fact is really ask yourself, what, do I want to share my stuff or do I want people to really learn and remember? Yeah. So the tricks what you can do to increase that is to get it up to 50%. You can have let your people have a dialogue and talk about it so they can internalize it. But the highest point to get up to 90%, do you know what that is? No, but tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know, yeah. but it's actually to teach someone else. The best way to learn something is to teach to learn. So I frequently do that. I actually stop at one point and say, hey, let's just stop. And I explain this theory because, you know, people might think, what well, this is all weird. And let people, all right, just pretend that the person sitting next to you walked out of the room for three minutes when you were sharing this point. How would you describe it? Okay. And it's quite interesting because people are quite surprised to know, okay, it made so much sense when you said it. But now that I have to say it in my own words, I really had to think about it and consider it. And that's how you help the brain to remember. And I used this a lot in Myanmar, working with my teams there. And I think it was super useful. And I think even more so when you're teaching across cultures, because then they could make it their own. Yeah. And you could also, as, as a, someone who's teaching, I guess, you can also see why you haven't been clear enough yeah, when you go around sure. listening to them. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I tell managers to consider this in just sharing messages. You know, you stand up and you share some important information and maybe you add some PowerPoints and you talk for half an hour and do the briefing. And then a week later, you're upset that no one did the, what you said we're going to do. Yeah. But actually, yeah, they don't remember unless you help them. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So that's uh, that's that part. Attract all the senses. Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes into the next point as well, which is create meaningful content and let it show. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, that's super important. You really want to have that good, a little bit of extra. Yeah. That really sticks with people. I remember one time when, when Steve and I worked on a presentation that we delivered together in, in New York and we took that extra time to have an illustrator who had illustrated or actually was playing out. So the illustration was happening as we were speaking. And that really created something extra for people to remember and became a really good presentation. And we could then also even, you know, put it on YouTube and, and share it, which is extra good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's adding a touch of creativity that helps people remember. And I think most people by now are aware, still they haven't come to practice it, all of them, but death by PowerPoint. Mm. And way too many people still use PowerPoint as their kind of notes or remember to say this kind of list. And they have way too many words there. Remember the PowerPoint, if you want to have some notes and things for people to remember afterwards, you can do that separately and give them or send it later. But while you're presenting, the PowerPoint should just reinforce your message. Yeah. Not having additional things or too many words. And People read quicker than you can talk. Mm. So while you're talking about point number three on your PowerPoint, they are on point number seven reading and will not get neither of them very clearly. And maybe start thinking, oh, okay, this is already in the PowerPoint, so I don't have to listen. I yeah. hope they just send me the, the PowerPoint afterwards. And then, yeah. Uh, so try yeah. to see what, because this is now we're very much part of the body. We've done the introduction. We've done the, you know... So we're here and try to think about so what it is that I want them to leave this room with, mm. knowing, having what kind of energy, yes, we, what we said before. Mm -hmm. And see, can I support that in a different way? There's so many creative presentations out there that you can Google, but one that I really liked was Bill Gates. And I think it was back in 2009. And he did a TED Talk about malaria and saying, you know, how important it is. And of course, his Point and what he wanted to do was to track this audience to really think about how critical it is. But it's difficult. I don't know where they were. Let's say they were in New York to sit in New York quite safely away from malaria to understand it. So he actually brought up a glass jar of mosquitoes to the state. And he said, well, to illustrate this or to let you feel this, I think it's unfair that only the third world gets to have experienced malaria so uh -huh. i brought some mosquitoes here for you and then he opens the ER and the audience is like, ah! <laughs> and he's like and then he's laughing and says well uh, actually the you know i promise these are not malaria mosquitoes but this is how it feels yeah and then of course immediately you know everyone attracted the ascension and you will yeah. remember that yeah. yeah and got the feeling like oh yeah That doesn't feel so pleasant. No. And Swedish Hans Rosling, who wrote the book that we love, Factfulness, mm -hmm. uh, 
with his was it uh, daughter and and uh, husband son in law yeah. yeah he really presented using diagrams and graphs making it really easy and accessible to people yeah which to was... make it visual exactly yeah and using oranges and and lemons to make really concrete examples of the big numbers he was presenting yeah that's a great idea and another thing that i mean we could talk at length at this uh, but is uh, using stories and storytelling that mm. really helps mm. there is a challenge however though with stories and sometimes it's that the presenters we and me myself I'm, I'm guilty of that too we fall in love with our stories because we mm. know it's really funny we can tell it well and so we use them when it's actually maybe not really adding value to what it is that we're going to tell. Or culturally doesn't make sense. <laughs> and it becomes this little bit the man with the guitar idea yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. So what you were saying earlier with Myanmar and having these different audiences, you know, adapt your stories so it fits the audience and the message that you want to sort of land at that point. Mm. Very good. Then we get into seating and environment. Yeah, this is critical. I mean, things like temperature in the room or light. And sometimes you have a lot of control over this. Other times don't. But I would say, you know, be in charge. And if it's a really important presentation, make sure that you get to check out the room before. If I hold a, a leadership workshop and I'm always there an hour in advance because I know that so many times things will go wrong with the technique. Make sure it's up there, it's working. Check that people are not going to be too cold or too warm. Those things are quite important. And in our, in our yoga, I mean, becoming yoga teachers, we also talk quite a lot about room setting up yeah. the room. And of course, that's a little bit yogi, maybe, but making sure that the energy is uh, is right in the room. And yeah. that might mean reseating people or, or changing a few things. That's That's great. I mean, see it this way, that when you're there, you own the room. This is your room and create the energy. And if you don't like... The way people are seated, you know, feel free to break them up in a nice and assertive, you know, polite way. But think of it, this is my room, my energy, my my chance to pass on this message so mm. that they will learn. Again, and harder maybe if it's an, at your own workplace, say with your own colleagues, but you could have been in there before and prepared the room yeah. so that they will end up sitting differently. Yeah, exactly. Make little name tags, do little fun, creative things. It will change everyone's attention. And sometimes I've even taken groups like, let's go outside. Let's go into to a complete different environment to tone this. And also the same if you have a bit of a longer presentation. You know, I usually make everyone stand up after a while and say, hey, now everyone, let's walk over to this corner where I have a flip chart prepared. And so they look at something else, they move a little bit differently and they get some energy all within in mind that they should learn and remember. Yeah, exactly. So the final point that we think is just key is practice. Practice and preparation. Yeah. I mean, that is really what makes a presentation good or not. Yeah. It makes you feel good or not about it. Yeah. It's just like with any other thing, you get better when you practice. Yeah. You know, so practice your presentation in front of the mirror uh, or with a sister or a friend before you do it or a colleague. 
to do it. And, and now that we have such an easy access to filming with our mobile cameras, I'd say film yourself. Yeah, no, that's really useful because you start to see all of the ticks and, and tricks that you're you're doing. And, uh, uh, you know, and the same thing is uh, listening to ourselves occasionally on our podcasts. You hear the things yeah. you say and do um, <laughs> yeah. and, and that you were not aware of before. So there's nothing as good as, you know, create your own podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you discover the tick words you have. And I've noticed that I have a few tick words and then... I sort of learn to avoid those tick words, but then I add new to my vocabulary. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what my latest tick word is. No, exactly. Spot our tick words. Send them yeah. to us. So, so, you know, get feedback, check what it looks like, practice, practice, practice. Mm. And you were recently in St. Louis practicing in some of these things in the US. Yeah, that was so nice. So we have this wonderful woman in uh, Franklin Covey, um, Judy, and because I'm doing lots of larger audience keynotes this fall, as you know. So, you know, it's a different to present if you have 300 people or 4,000 people in the audience. And so it's just really an opportunity to sharpening the saw and see yourself again and again going through. And, and that was very interesting. So One of the key things you shared with me from that, which I thought was interesting, just is how you need to make bigger movements if you have a bigger audience. Yeah. I thought that was true. a really interesting, you know, if you do something, you show a square or whatever for a small audience, you need to like really make that big to attract a big audience. Yeah, exactly. Which is uh, absolutely right. So it's, it's quite important to be aware of the movements that you do and why you do them. Mm. And another, another fun thing there was, she said, you know, we were, I was doing something like you're going from here to here, showing it with my hands. And she said, oh, you're the first person ever that immediately does it the right way, which is the opposite way for the audience. Uh, and I was thinking, wow, that's our, all our yoga, because there we, you know, as a yoga instructor, you need to mirror. You always have to mirror. Exactly. So yeah. that's, uh, see, yoga can be helpful in so many different <laughs> ways. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So finally, some other things to consider before you get on stage is simple things like what to wear. What are you thinking around there? Yeah, I mean, it also depends on how I try to match a little bit the style of the the group that I'm working with. So to... a bit culturally appropriate. Yeah, that's what mm -hmm. I would bring with me yeah. to my different audiences yeah for sure I know if I'm gonna stand up for you know do lots of standing a full day workshop that I'll have comfortable shoes yeah. and I'll have shoes that don't go click clock click clock click clock whenever I'm walking across yeah. the room stage yeah yeah <laughs> so th that's another thing I try to wear things that are quite clean as in simple cut nice I personally I'm a dress person I love to wear dresses and I really like a nice clean dress with not too many patterns and but simple like that yeah you're on stage everybody's looking at you so yeah yeah so wear something that you feel comfortable mm -hmm. with yeah okay so that's really i mean as i said earlier this could be like a two or a three or even a week long workshop and this is something we can continuously work on but this was just to give you a few pointers and ideas and tips and tricks for your presentations. I feel inspired to go out and present again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. And, and remember, it's not about you. It's about your audience. Yeah. 
So the the summary and the conclusion, of course, if we want to go through the list again, right? We mm -hmm. need to do is now is to start with the the end in mind, what you really want the the audience to bring with them. Uh huh. And the second one is it's not about you; it's about your audience. Mm -hmm. And attract all of the senses because we only remember ten percent of the words. So make sure that you really get people engaged in in a wider sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, create meaningful content with all the supporting tools that brings up your message. And seating an environment, so making sure that you you own the room, you can arrange it, you can move people around, and so on. Yeah. And finally, last but not least. Keep on practicing. Yeah, practice and preparing is key. Yeah, so we'll prepare a little pep sheet for you if you want to have these tools, and you can use it for your next presentation if you wish. And you'll find it on our homepage, which is rosenshine.com, and also follow us on Instagram, rosenshine. So thank you for listening, everyone, and good luck with your next presentation. Ciao. Thank you. Bye. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.